Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for today's episode is trends, factors, and outcomes associated with immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery among Medicare beneficiaries. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Ruth Hyatt, and also our topical editor for today. Our topical expert is Dr. Sandra Wang Harris. And now let's begin today's broadcast. Hi, I'm Ruth Hyatt, a fellow and clinical diplomate in the Public Health and Environmental Vision section of the Academy. This is the clinical podcast series. Today's topic will evaluate immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery outcomes. Our topical expert is Sandra Wang Harris. She's a fellow and clinical diplomate in the Public Health and Environmental Vision section of the Academy. Hey, Sandra, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Ruth, um, for inviting me onto the podcast. I am a public health optometrist um, and educator um, at the con- in the country of Kazakhstan. I live in Almaty, and I'm currently working in public health initiatives in um, pediatric and vision here in the country of Kazakhstan in the underserved populations. I also work as a public health um, lecturer and educator at the College of Micronesia in the Federated States of Micronesia. All right, thank you. So let's have a look at our paper. So trends, factors, and outcomes associated with immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery among Medicare beneficiaries was published in January of 2022 by and Associates. They found that among Medicare beneficiaries, the rate of immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery was just 0.2% between 2011 and 2019. They also found that Black, Asian, and Native American patients and patients living in rural areas were more likely to undergo immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery. They also compared the rates of endophthalmitis and post-op CME in the group that received immediate sequential bilateral and um, delayed sequential cataract surgery, but we'll talk about that soon. So Sandra, what about this article was particularly interesting to you? Well, after I read this article, my first thought was, wow, the US is really not adopting immediate Um, sequential bilateral cataract surgery, ISBCS, like the rest of the world is. Um, And the reason for that is because I work in uh, lower income and developing countries um, and middle income countries, we have found that that cataract surgery um, is such a um, uh, routine surgery for a lot of these countries Um, due to the sheer number of people that they are forced to do immediate immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery versus the delayed, the DSBCS in the United States. So for example, even 20 years back, 25 years back when I was working in countries such as Nepal and India and in countries in the African continent, ISBCS is really the norm and not the exception. Um, The reason I was really even more interested in this in the U.S. perspective is that 
the U.S. perspective as well as in public health practice in general is it really is a opportunity for our profession in general to reduce the financial and accessibility issues that we have in our healthcare system in the United States. Um, ISBCS really could possibly potentially really reduce that accessibility um, to lower income and to air rural areas. Um, so I was really, really excited to see an article like this come out to evaluate the pros and the cons of the two types of surgeries. Um, so, so I also I, I also thought it was kind of interesting with the regards with the racial disparity. So racial disparity um, was very evident in this article because there was actually black and Asian patients and patients in rural areas actually underwent more of the ICBCS than the delayed, the DCBCS. So that was kind of interesting as well. Why do you think there's been an increased interest in immediate sequential surgery in the last few years? Okay, so I think that there's an increased interest in the last few years because of this one thing called COVID-19. Due to the pandemic, we had an increase in surgical backlogs and our operating room space was getting limited. Um, the um, uh, non-essential surgeries were delayed and there was a lot of um, shutdowns and this backlog just increased, increased. So doctors were trying to reduce the number of doctor clinic and hospital visits to reduce the COVID transmission. And also that would help bring down this backlog. So I really think that's the main reason that we're gonna see an increased interest in this bilateral uh, same day surgery. Um, it was really interesting because this article only covered 2011 to 2019. It didn't have these numbers, but we already are seeing in 2020 and 2021 that cataract procedures, um, same day cataract procedures have increased. Um, in fact, I have been told by my VA colleagues that the VA is starting to implement same day, um, same day surgeries for uh, some of their patients as well for cataract surgery. And I think that we'll show that in the next few years as papers and publications come out showing the safety profile and the outcome profile of these surgeries, I think there's gonna be a, definitely an increase with surgeons to have this done. The only main issue is the monetary difference, um, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> okay, so yeah, before we talk about that, maybe, um, you know, what are some public health advantages of doing immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery? Okay, so the public health advantages are really pretty obvious to me as a public health um, specialist and as a public health educator. Um, they include fewer patient visits, making it easier for patients to see the doctors and to schedule visits. There's less time travel to and from surgeries. So a lot of our rural patients have to drive one hour to two hours. They have to have their caretakers bring them because they're either older or they can't see well enough to drive. Some of our lower income socioeconomic um, patients that are more challenged that way. They might not even have cars, they depend on public transportation. 
um, caregivers in general, that's demands on them because they would only have to care for the patient during the one week after, or one or two weeks after they have this immediate sequential done. Um, there's definitely more efficient use of clinic space and operating rooms. There's basically, if you think about it, it's almost cutting it by 50%, almost. Although you're gonna have a little bit more extended time per patient, you're gonna limit the prep time and the post-op and the pre-op time. Of course, the main public health advantage is it reduces the surgical waiting list. Um, so in countries where the waiting lists are in the millions and the thousands and the backlog is absolutely incredible, it, it is just a no brainer that you have to do ISBCS versus um, the delayed. The um, economically wise, it, it reduces the cost for patients. It reduces the cost for third party payers such as Medicare, and it reduces the overall cost for our hospitals and our ambulatory centers. Um, and last but not least, if we're worried about transmission of COVID, it reduces, because it reduces the hospital time and the clinic time, it's gonna reduce the chance of the patient being exposed to COVID as well. Yeah, those are all really good points. Uh, historically, immediate sequential bilateral cataract surgery um, has been associated with concerns over development of bilateral endophthalmitis or bilateral CME. Um, do you feel like this paper did anything to assuage those concerns, um, given that they looked at about 2 million people? <laughs> right. So yes, absolutely. I was very, very happy to see the final results on this and the conclusions. Um, as a student many, many years ago, um, we were always taught that we really, the better, the better standard of care was to have delayed cataract surgery, de delayed sequential. And that gives the patient time to heal and to see the results and the outcomes before you doing the other eye. And at that time it made really good sense to me, but now with modern technology and with our use of antibiotics and with this uh, one drop cataract surgery that it's really, really um, not as necessary in these blinding complications are just not um, significant, statistically significant. So in this study of almost 2 million patients, there was no significant difference between the two procedures with regards to CME rates and, and ophthalmitis, which is um, a fabulous thing to say. It, it is really good. It's a, a great result that can surely change people's mentality on this different type of protocol. So I have one more question for you. So with the strong public health implications of this type of cataract surgery, why do you think there has been some hesitation to adopt this model of performing cataract surgery? Right. Well, my personal reason is I think it just takes us humans longer to adopt changes and things the ways we do things um, in general. So it's just like in optometry, there's ways we refract, the ways we do certain um, procedures that we do as our bread and butter and we do every day. It's hard to change those habits. And that's my personal. I also know that there are some definite implications we need to think about, such as um, are the patient, is the patient able to lay on the table for a longer period of time? The, the poor reimbursement for ISCBS by Medicare um, 
the surgeons do not get the same monetary reimbursement when patients are um, undergoing ISBCBS versus the delay, the DSCBS. So that is definitely a reason for being hesitant. Um, other reasons could be refractive outcomes because now um, we do have more patients that have had refractive surgery done and we still are in the unknown about how some of these refractive outcomes come out. And when we do have a delay, when we do the delayed procedure, we're able to see if the ILL is, is more accurate versus not. We can check our outcomes better before we use, do the other eye. So I do see that there are, will be some hesitancy for certain cases. And honestly, we just really need to do some further studies to determine the reason for this low rate and to show surgeons that um, the outcomes are good if you were to do the immediate um, as well as the delayed. So when these, these um, different fears are allayed, I think that there'll be better adoption. But the main issue is we have to look at reimbursement fees as well for our surgeons. Well, thank you, Sandra, for your insight. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Clinical Podcast Series. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.